welcome to another episode of The Freaking Weekend. I'm your host, Jackie Lucas, and Jeff is here. He's got his stash rocking today. Just hanging around. That's right. <laughs> hanging around with, hanging from the handlebars. Not quite yet. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, well, I have, I have plans for it in October for Halloween. Oh. I was going to bring it back in September, and I was just like, you know what? It was so hot this week. I just wanted, I was like, I need to shave off, but let me, let me. Give it the trial run. Wait, okay. I know we have a guest and you're going to intro them. But so now for your baby's birth and now your baby's first birthday, you're going to have the stash for both those pictures? Yeah. Oh, yeah. goodness. All yeah. right. We have a lot. Of, I have a lot of stuff coming up in September and October. So I did have to think about that. It's like, just so you know, Jeff, every picture from every one of these events is now going to feature this stash. So you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's really fine. And of course, the wife has to be okay with it. But she okayed it. She signed. She was the first person to sign off on it. So I said, all right. If, as long that as that's. Lana. She's a saint. <laughs> I think it looks better this time around. Last year was definitely like, I think it was too No, long. you had it the Monopoly-ish like thing going and it was, yeah. That was fun only because it was cool to play around. But I, and, and, and then when I didn't, it hung down here like I was like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> Which everyone made the joke the other day. So I definitely trimmed it up a little bit. Now, I'm going for the, you know, the Miles Tell. Did you see Chop Gun, Jackie? Chop Gun or Top Gun? I'm sorry if I said it weird. <laughs> Chop Gun sounds like something no, on Food Network. We wanted to go see Chop, aka Top Gun, but we didn't get a chance to. I heard it was awesome, though. It was really cool. Highly recommended. Uh, it was our first time back in the theaters. We haven't been back to see a movie since COVID as a family. Yeah, Milana and I, anyway. But we went. Luca was in school. It was a staycation. And we had not front row tickets because it's it's too close. Too we close, were like yeah. two or three rows back. The sound in the theater was incredible. It was it was a great experience, and I think maybe that's because I forgot what it was like to see a movie in a movie theater. All right, I mean, so don't streaming these days. You know, let's talk about that the next podcast because we've been to the movies too a couple of times. But I know that. All right, go um, watch it. Go watch it. No spoilers. Okay. No. <laughs> so um, we have a special guest uh, today that Jeff's going to bring in and introduce in a moment. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit now, I guess the rest of the podcast is going to be more serious, but an important conversation that we continue to have every year and that we never forget. So, Jeff, take it away. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, uh, so uh, this person's friend works with my wife. Um, They're both really good graphic designers. He helped design some of the stuff for this event. Uh, and, and when I heard about it and she pitched it, she was like, you should bring him on your podcast. I heard about the, uh, the event and what, what he's doing. I said, absolutely not a question. We got to bring him on. And it's kind of coincidental because we tried earlier in the summer. He was still kind of tweaking things. And now we're like almost a month away. We are, we are a month away. We're filming this on August 11th. We're a month away from the 20. I, I can't believe I'm even saying this out loud, but the 22nd, uh, and excuse me, 21st anniversary mm-hmm. of 9-11. And I cannot believe that has been like, you know, a 21-year-old, a someone who was born on that day is now 21 years old this year. It's just like blows my mind. But anyway, we're going to bring him in now. His name is Aton Blatt. And let's bring him into the show right now. Aton, let's turn that camera on for everyone watching on YouTube here, my friend. There, there he go. is. Hi, Aton. Hey. How are hey, you, everyone. sir? Hey, good, good. How are Thanks you guys? Thanks for joining us. We were kind of, I know you were in the waiting room and you didn't really hear what we were saying, but we were just saying how we can't believe that we're coming up on the 21st anniversary of 9-11. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, someone who was born on that day, that fateful day, could go out to a bar this year. It's that's how long it's been. It just blows my mind. What do you, what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, it's a long time. It makes me feel old. Uh, but, uh, I was, uh, I was a freshman in college. I was living in Boston. I remember that day. Uh, my girlfriend at the time lived in Bayside and she had called me right before nine and she was still in high school. She was a senior and she said, babe, uh, a plane just hit the world trade center. I woke up, me and my roommate were just glued to the TV. They had shut Boston down. Um, and yeah, I just, obviously everything unfolded after that, you know, the city shut down. I had tons of friends here in Long Beach. My parents had the house here and everything. So it was, uh, it was a scary time and, uh, definitely, uh, is crazy to think that it's, it's 21 years, uh, so I know that you're a firefighter, right? You're FDNY. Is yeah. did, did those did that event kind of inspire you? Inspire is that why you decided to join, or is it you have a long family history of you know firefighters? No, no. I'm the uh, I'm the first in my family. I was uh, in school in college in Boston for uh, audio production, so I was doing like music engineering, music theory, and I that's what I was going to ask you because you're from here, right? I'm from Hartford, Connecticut originally. This, oh, okay. I had a summer house here growing up. It's a long story. I actually, the house I'm living in now in Long Beach was my grandfather's, my father's. I bought it from him, but I spent a lot of time here in the summers. And then in high school, I got my driver's license. Yada, yada. I was always down here. My girlfriends were always down here for some reason. And- uh, Those New York girls. The New York girls. But um, so after going to school in Boston, I got a job at Soundtrack Studios in New York on 23rd Street and Broadway, which is ironically a few blocks away from my first firehouse, which is kind of cool. But um, that didn't work out. I did that for like two years and things got slow. I was doing Sex in the City audio when they got syndicated to uh, cable. So I had to take out all the curse words and put it, you know, put the dub words in, whatever. And uh, it got slow. It was lowest on the totem pole. They let me go and it was back to square one. And I started looking for jobs in the city. And it just was, it was like, all right, you can start taking the trash out and, uh, you know, back to square one. And I was like, ah, this isn't working. Anyway, I got into other stuff, fitness and what have you. And just living in the Long Beach community, met my wife now uh, at New York Sports Club in Long Beach. But I decided to do the EMT thing in 2006, 2007. Her brothers are both Long Beach firemen. And uh, a bunch of our friends were firemen uh, from around here. And I just was so about the lifestyle. And uh, the thing that really got me was um, one of my good friends, Valerie Lund. Her father, Pete Lund, uh, actually passed away. He was a very, very decorated uh, FDNY fireman. And he passed away actually volunteering in Woodmere or Hewlett. And uh, we went to his funeral and it just, it moved me and blew me away. Just the camaraderie and the men and the uniforms. And, and I just said, I think I want to do this. And I became an EMT and then just followed the, the route of doing EMS to becoming a fireman, which is pretty common these days. Right. Right. I remember taking the, I actually took the test and, before, you know, cause I, it was a couple of years out of, out of college and, um, it was hard to get a job in the weather field. So I was like, you know, looking at things to do and I was into, uh, into public service. So I took right. the NYPD test, took the FDNY test. And I kind of, um, my, one of my good friend, Neil from, uh, my, where I grew up in Lindenhurst on the South shore, his dad was a, was a chief 
in one of the battalions in Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. he took me in. We got to see the firehouse. And oh, I remember, I re- yeah, I remember seeing this and being like, you know, I, I just the whole family atmosphere of your house. And I, I, I was like, I could, I could definitely see myself doing this if weather doesn't work out. It did. Right. So a little bit of a different path, but I, I always had a deep found respect for firefighters. I mean, nine 11, notwithstanding even, but I mean, even more so than the selflessness and, you know, what some people, I mean, you heard that story of uh, Steve Buscemi who, uh, did some FDNY stuff before he got into acting and he yeah. didn't tell anybody. And then he was just down there ground zero going through the rubble, looking for survivors, looking through the, the, the ashes. Right. And it's just like, but that's what all, I feel like you don't get into the FDNY if you don't have like that, that X factor about you. So yeah, I always had a deep, deep respect for firefighters. And um, so, you know, fast so forward now, like uh, how many years have you been in FDNY? Um, I've been in since 08, but I was, uh, an EMT first. So I worked for the e- EMS side. So at least uh, fif- more than 15, probably. Yeah, I have yeah. 15 years. If you want to call it that, they call it mystery time, but I I've been a firefighter for a little over nine years. So, um, total with the city, it's been 15 about. So That's and what, what's your, uh, what's your, what house are you, you said you was, uh, near 23rd and 8th, I believe. Uh, yeah, so I worked at Engine 14 as a probie. That's where I got my start, which is on 18th and Broadway. So Paragon Sports, everyone knows Paragon. It's on mm-hmm. Broadway, right around the corner. Uh, Fifth Avenue, there's that big H&M there. You turn there, it's 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 5th to Broadway and 18th Street. And the recording studio is right up on 23rd and Broadway. So it's just kind of, I was like, wow, this is where so I'm getting assigned. I used to work here. <laughs> you're going to um, say you show up day one and be like, this looks familiar. Yeah. So, uh, I, I went to the city out of probie school. just, uh, I don't know something in me. I just kind of wanted to go to Manhattan. Everyone thought I was crazy, but I wanted to run around and be busy and see the lights and whatever. So, that's uh, awesome. So you're here today to talk about the three, four, three foundation. And I I want you to just kind of start from square one, uh, tell us how this came to be. What was the inspiration to, to, to do all this and tell us of course what it's about for everybody here we i know what it's about jackie knows what it's about but uh in your own words i just want to hear it all right uh well it's the 34.3 foundation uh it's people think it's 343 which right. is easily confused because when you build a website you can't do 34.3 foundation because there's a point in there and dot coms and all that yeah. but it is weird ip my, address <laughs> right so the uh, the foundation is 34.3, and that represents the 34.3 miles that we run from Long Beach to Ground Zero. And I came up with the idea last year on the 20th anniversary. And uh, ever since 9-11, I mean, besides being a fireman and EMS before that, every 9-11, I always remind myself of what happened, where I was. And now that I'm a fireman, especially, I make it a point to... Uh, not embrace, that's kind of the wrong word, but not forget, right? So, you know, the the History Channel and National Geographic, all these channels, they always replay the same stuff around 9-11. And a lot of people turn it off who are sensitive to it, and that's understandable. But I don't because I want to be reminded and I want it to hurt and I want to feel uh, what I felt. And now being a fireman for nine years and having friends that were there and uh, friends that had lost family members and guys that I worked with that lost their fathers. Um, it was just very important to me to, to never forget and me and my wife, uh, do the same thing. You know, obviously on nine 11, there's a rule in the fire department where you are either at uh, a memorial on Riverside drive, which is our FDNY memorial or at ground zero, or you're at your firehouse. If you lost a lot of members 
you're at your firehouse, you're paying respects, you're with the family, some houses do a mass, um, or you're working, you're actually in the firehouse working. So when I came up with the idea last year, it was the 20th anniversary, and I was just feeling moved and upset. And uh, I just said, I want to, I want to do something different. I want to do something big. And uh, I'm a running enthusiast and my body allows me to do certain things if I'm capable of it. And I said, why don't I run to the trade center? And I said, well, 34, three, 34, 3.43. That's not enough. And I said, 34, I could make it 34.3. I could do that. It's got to be about the same distance from here. And so I started looking on my phone and mapping it out and over the Manhattan bridge, we were at a marathon. It was like 26 miles. And I said, why don't I run North to my old battalion, stop at firehouses that lost members and I'll make it 34.3 and end up at the trade center. And she said, that's a crazy idea. It's a great idea, but it's crazy. I said, I'm doing it. That's and, awesome. Talk, yeah. talk about and, though, the significance of that number right, because it's 34.3, exactly. right. but you, you picked 343 because F 343 FDNY. So yeah. 34.3 represents the 343 members that we lost that day. So obviously I'm not going to run 343 miles. Some guys do walk 500, 3,403 miles. Um, So I just put the point in there um, and it just sounded right to represent the 343 with a 34.3 mile run. And the whole idea was I was going to carry the thin red line flag. This is uh, my buddy, Jeff Pelcher actually built this great craftsman, but, um, the thin red line represents, you know, uh, down firemen. And, uh, I said, I'm going to carry a full flag on my shoulder. My wife, Trish thought I was nuts. I said, no, I'm going to do it. It, Weather takes me all day. I'm going to have the flag. I'm going to wear my FDNY marathon Jersey and whoever sees me, it is what it is. And she said, how are you going to get home? I said, I have no idea. I haven't thought that far. I'll get there and I'll figure it out. Um, so that was that. And I, I think like a week out, I started telling some of the neighbors and friends on the beach. And they said, like, what do you have you contacted any uh, News 12 or Channel 4 or anything? I said, no. And they said, you're being stupid. Why don't you do this? People should be raising money. I said, no, no, no. I'm just going for a run. This is for the men. And this is what I want to do. If people take pictures, whatever. Um, and that leads me to, to Ryan Mack, who came with us last year. But I could get to that uh, in a minute. But um, yeah, so I got to that point and I decided to go for the run and have the flag. And next thing I know, people showed up on the boardwalk that morning. Long Beach High School track team was there. My family was there. Trisha's family was there. And they sent me off and a few people began running with me, including the Long Beach track team. They ran about three miles. So through the West End with me, I let their captain hold the flag, which was like I gave her the honor, I called it. Um and a guy, Rob Belairs and Basil Donato picked me up on the boardwalk and they began running with me. And Basil's a whole nother story. We can get to that in a little bit. But um, yeah, sorry, going on a tangent, but yeah. <laughs> no, you're not oh, going on. That's why we have you on here is because we want you to talk about this. And, I, you know, I, I know you said you're a running enthusiast, but a, a marathon is 26.2 miles, if I'm not mistaken. And you're yeah. running 34. 30- 4.3. So how do you a marathon and a half? Yeah. How do you mentally prepare yourself or physically prepare yourself for something like that? Because it can't, it can't be easy. Um, no, I mean, nothing's really easy, but you put your mind to it and, uh, 
you just do it. That was uh, part of part of like creating. So I, I I created a flyer like four days before that run when my friends started uh, breaking my chops about not telling anybody. So I put a flyer on like Instagram. I don't have a huge following, and uh, that gave me like stress, like pressure. All right, now it's real. Now I have to do it because I now it's it's on Instagram. It's legit. You know, it's the world we live in. So. But that's healthy stress because when you create that stress for yourself, it makes you get out the door and not be lazy. So you can have stress that bogs you down and breaks you down, but you can also have stress that's healthy for you and gets you out the door. And I had already been training for the marathon and whatever anyway. So I knew I could run 26.2. That wasn't the problem. It was just I'm going to have to struggle through the last, whatever, eight miles. And, um, how that, many marathons have you run? Uh, four. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I you do, have, you have experience doing it. So yeah. this, this and the must marathon be... sucks every year. The marathon is amazing. It's the best day of the year. New York is one giant block party. It's the hardest marathon out there. Don't let anybody else tell you differently. People run Chicago. It's flat. It's fast. Stop it. New York is the hardest <laughs> marathon. And we all know it, but um, it sucks. Like when you get to the, the Central Park and you think you're done, and then it goes back out to Fifth Avenue, and then you're in Columbus Circle. I've done the it, I've done the bike tour, which, if I'm not mistaken, is almost reverse route with some minor differences. But I can okay. tell you that that is that is tough. That is okay. tough, especially with some elevations and stuff, and dips yeah. and dodges. And that's yeah. why New York is hard. There's a lot of hills and a lot of bridges. And, um, but yeah, so I I knew I had the mileage and it was just, I knew I was going to suffer and that was the point. So. Yeah. I want to talk about that. So I wasn't just going for a jog on nine 11. This, this was, this was the point that it was 34.3 miles and Aton's going to run 34.3 miles for the three, four, three. It's not like I'm not running 3.43 miles. That's the point I am going to suffer. And I want to make that a point because the men on that day suffered. Whether, I mean, we all know the men that rushed into that building, put their lives that they built with their families and everything aside, uh, even just just heading there. So, and and some of the units from Brooklyn coming over the bridge, looking at those skyscrapers burning, knowing that they had to go up 80 floors with no elevators to 30 floors of a raging jet fuel inferno that's heavy so me suffering uh you know for 15 miles 12 miles whatever when it really starts to hurt is is nothing and that's the point is that i'm i'm suffering that day to remember uh and that that's the idea is that uh when i'm when i'm running i'm not forgetting it's nothing compared to what what those guys went through and i have FDNY across my chest and a flag over my shoulder to represent that. And uh, to me, it's, it's just running. It's, but it's the way I'm not going to forget. And if people are inspired by it and want to join and donate, and that's the whole point, you know, especially as we head into the next 20 years, because the awareness isn't, isn't there anymore. And that's what I experienced last year, but that's another story. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's well, so many people now. I almost feel like there's almost a majority of people I speak to that were like not born yet. You know, yeah. it's wild. You know, they were like, "Yeah, I learned about it in a textbook." I was like, "What? Like, wow." You know, but again, uh, right? It's when gonna, you it's gonna happen. 
when you are running, you know, past your firehouse and some of the other firehouses and then eventually to ground zero, take me through that emotion. You know, was that super, I can't even imagine what kind of emotions you were feeling that day. Uh, The emotions were awesome. Uh, Last year, like I said, uh, Long Beach, I was met with, with a a group of people, which I didn't, I thought I was going to be alone. So I got to go back and say my friend, Ryan Mack, who's a professional photographer from New Jersey, uh, called me the day before I was working in the firehouse. Actually, I worked September 10th, the day tour. And he called me and he said, Hey, I'm, I'm driving up. I want to come. I want to shoot photos and video. And I was like, Oh my God. Yes, please. Yes. That would be amazing. Like if I'm going to turn this thing into something like I need, I need a photo guy. I need a video guy. So he showed up in the morning, which was huge. And the whole thing I've built in the last year is based upon his photos and his videos. So I did a video highlight of last year that went kind of viral on September 12th. And he took photos that are now on the website and it's, it's, I can't thank him enough. So he showed up and he got to my house and he had this big camera bag and one small camera. So I said, do you have room in there for like salts, goose, an extra pair of shoes, uh, like Aquaphor for chafing? He's like, yeah, dude, just put it all in my bag. So he was like my, uh, what do they call him? Sherpas. He was like my Sherpa up the mountain, which was a game changer. So he was with me. And then, like I said, Basil Donato and Rob, Rob came with us uh, to the Atlantic Beach Bridge and he was moved. He, he wasn't a big runner and he, he did it he got to the bridge and now he's running even more. So, and we talk frequently and Basil is a whole nother story that touches me really in the heart is, uh, so Basil is a long beach guy. Uh, and he back in 2008 was in a really bad motorcycle accident on beach 96th street and beach channel drive in Rockaway. And I was working EMS that day. And I was responding at the time to an EDP, which is a low level, emotionally disturbed person. It's mainly a cop issue. It's a low level EMS run. And we diverted to a critical uh, motor vehicle struck, a person struck, a ped struck, a motorcyclist struck. We were right around the corner. So we turned the ambulance around, got on scene, and there was this guy laid out. And uh, he was in really, really bad shape. He had tracheal deviation. So his throat was to the side, which means you have air in your chest cavity and it's putting pressure on your lungs because your lung collapsed, his lung collapsed. And it put pressure on his lungs. So I I called for backup. I called for paramedics and a paramedic arrived. Uh, Keith Ahrens did needle decompression. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Three Kings with Mark Wahlberg. They're in Iraq. One guy gets shot in the chest. There's this whole really cool graphic where the bullet goes in and uh, it hits the lung and air is released into the cavity and it pushes pressure on his lung and then you can't breathe. It's a really cool graphic, but this is exactly what was happening to Basil. Mm. So Keith actually did needle decompression in the street. We loaded him up. I drove him to Jamaica Hospital. Keith was in the back with my partner, uh, Joe Vasquez Aldana, who's also a fireman now. And we got him to Jamaica. They rushed him right into surgery and... I don't know what happened after that because I left, but we saved him. And I had his cell phone and I needed pedigree. I needed information. And I just took the phone and this was before these things. It was a flip phone. And back in the day, if you remember, last call you wanted, like you just hit talk. 
Remember, you would just hit talk and it would call the last person that you were in contact with. And I remember the call, uh, the call went through and it said 516-432-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And if you're from Long Beach, you know 432. Long Beach is 432-431-889. All my Long Beach people know that. So I saw 432 and I was like, oh my God, this guy's from Long Beach. And a, a kid answered the phone, Liam. And I'm like, hey, whose phone is this? He goes, what? And I'm like, this is FDNY EMT Blatt. Whose phone is this? This person was in a very bad accident. I need to know who he is. And he said, Basil Donato. And I started putting the connections together. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's from my hometown. And um, anyway, we met up months later, you know, thanked me, whatever, doing my job. And now he shows up at the run, 34.3. I saw him a week before the run. I was walking the dog in the West End. How you doing? Whatever. Oh, dude, yeah, I'm doing this big run on 9-11 and I'm doing 34 miles, like whatever. He's like, oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll come out. I've been training for the marathon. I'm like, yeah, cool, dude. He shows up on the boardwalk, ends up running to the Atlantic Beach Bridge with me. And he he whispers over, not whispers, but he just kind of, we're running side by side. And he says, uh, dude, would it be crazy if I came the whole way with you? And I turned to him, I said, dude, it's crazy what I'm doing. Like, I, I hope I f- finish, but like, yeah, let's do it together. And he said, okay. I was like, okay. So he ran with me as far as he could. We get to Marine Park and he's like, all right, I, I trained for the New York City Marathon. I got hurt and never finished. And I said, okay, you're running a marathon today. You might not do 34.3, but you're running a marathon today. And he made it all the way through uh, Prospect Park and Botanical Gardens, whatever that is over there. Mm. And I looked at my watch and I said, dude, Long Island Railroad is is at Flatbush and Atlantic or whatever. And I was like, we're going to be there at 26.2 miles. If my mother or God is not watching us right now, whatever, like, this is crazy. So if you won't, if you don't want to come 34.3 and you don't know how you're going to get home and you have a credit card on you, the Long Island Railroad's right there. And he said, I'm done. And he ran a marathon with me. That's, That's awesome. wild. Did you have anybody, I, I don't know how, how much um, headway the Instagram posts got, but did you have anybody else along the route that just like joined in with you and whether or not, not you did? Not really. No, no. Okay. Are you expecting not, that this year now that, now that people know about this? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just like encouraging people to, cause people see the 34.3 and they're like, no way, no, no, I can't do that. But like, so they're like, I'll donate, but I'm encouraging just like last year, you show up on the boardwalk, you come as far as you can, that you can with us. Uh, you really do your cool. part. We're going to get to the whole donation and you tell us how, but I think it would be really cool if people, you know, like back in the day, they, we used to do like uh, charity walks around the track and, you know, we go a quarter of a mile, a mile, and they'd sponsor per like, you know, eighth of a mile or something. That would be really right, cool right. if we could get people, you know, maybe, maybe not this year, maybe in five years, maybe, you know, hopefully this continues for a long time coming, but uh, I hope so you know, people to sponsor to do that run with you. So you're not doing it alone at all. You like, you're always got someone, you know, with you at all times. I think that'd be really cool. But um, why don't you, why don't you take this opportunity to let people know how they can donate to this cause? Uh, so I set up a website. It's three, four, three foundation.com. No point. Mm-hmm. Um, and right on the homepage, there's a big button and it says donate. Now um, you could pay with PayPal, uh, credit card, uh, Apple pay. And it, it goes into the three 34.3 foundation fund, which uh, I plan to hold money for uh, fallen firefighters, firehouses, and families. Um, So this year was a 
pretty heavy year for the FDNY. We lost a few guys and the two of them hit home pretty close to me. So one of my good friends and a member from my own truck company in the big house, Jesse Gerhard, uh, passed in February. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I had already done, obviously, the, the run for 9-11 and the hype passed. And, and then I was just, I was done. I was procrastinating. I hadn't built a website or anything yet. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do something next year. It'll be bigger and better, but it's February. So now Jesse, Jesse dies in the line of duty, uh, super tragic. And, um, we went through a lot as a firehouse. And for me, as like we call middle of the road, right. You have eight, nine, 10, 12 years, middle of the road guy. So you're, you're not a probie, uh, where you're in the sink and everything's expected of you, but there's a, you, you bridge the gap between the probies and the senior guys. And there's still a lot of, of stuff expected from you. So some of the senior guys uh, kind of put it in the middle of the road guys' hands as far as, um, you know, taking care of, of a lot of the, the firehouse stuff uh, when someone dies in the firehouse. This is a huge learning experience. And I think that's why the senior men uh, put it on some of the middle of the road guys. It's, it's, God forbid it happens later again, knock on wood. But um, so Jesse passes and immediately uh, ceremonial comes in and, the brotherhood kind of takes care of itself in the FDNY. So the last guys who dealt with this uh, were Lieutenant Milo, Milo uh, from Staten Island. So he passed a couple of weeks before Jesse and they came over with a binder and it's like a brotherhood within the brotherhood that I hadn't known about. And they guided us through the next step of like the next week, what we we're going to have to do, what we were financially responsible for, taking care of the family, decals on the rig. It was, it was overwhelming. And, um, you know, you start getting donations from other firehouses and, you know, obviously the neighborhood comes out, flowers are delivered. And um, at that time, I'm saying, wow, I'm blowing it right now. Like, I, why don't I have this set up? Not that I would have come through with, $100,000 for Jesse's family, whatever it is, even if I make $5,000 this year, we'll see if I make that, you know, if I make 30, that's be amazing. I might make $1,500 this year, but I'll have something, God forbid this happens again, to send over to the next house. Just so the union obviously backs you and the job backs you with the funeral and stuff, but there are a lot of expenses and uh, obviously the expenses on the family um, going forward with mortgages and car payments and stuff like that once once you're not around. So just to be able to have that fund set up and be able to step in, God forbid this happens again. And it's not just line of duty. We're still losing guys to cancer from that day. Um, so going forward, if I could step in in any way with a little bit of financial help or uh, we have a family transport system in the fire department. When, when Jesse died, we have SUVs that transport the family back and forth in vans. And all those SUVs are donated by different foundations like the Fahey Foundation and uh, Tunnels for Towers, obviously, all kinds of foundations. Mm -hmm. So when Timmy Klein died, like a month after Jesse, we, the big house, uh, were responsible for passing it on to Canarsie, uh, 257 ladder 170. So we went over there and again, like we take care of each other and we guided them. Unfortunately, they had just been through this a few years ago with, um, Stephen Pollard who passed away on the belt parkway, uh, in 2019, 2018. 
17. Wow. I remember that. I, I remember that. And, and he was Timmy's like one of Timmy's best friends. So it was just overwhelming a few months. And again, when Timmy died, I said, you still haven't done anything. What are you doing? Like you have this potential to create this, this foundation and you're just doing nothing. So we have a saying in the fire department that you write your, your, you write your own eulogy every day on this job, whether it's coming in and doing the right thing every day, doing the dishes, doing the sheets, cleaning the tools, drilling, getting in the books, going over stuff with the younger guys. That's the guy you want to be. And God forbid you die. People remember you for what you did on this job, not for just sitting around. And when Jesse died, he was a go-getter. He was always building stuff. He was always fixing stuff. When he passed and his family came to the firehouse, we showed them all around the firehouse, like all the stuff he had built, all the modifications he made to the rig. He wrote his own eulogy and now we're missing him terribly. So when Timmy died, it was the same thing. Timmy was building wheelchair ramps in his own foundation with his own firehouse. And it was another big hit to the fire department. And it goes back to the same saying, what do you do? You know, what that do you do? You know? So I said, yeah, dude, what are you doing? There's so much more you could be doing for the fire department and the families and the firehouse and the fire department that you're capable of and you're not. So that really got me going to step it up with the foundation. Um, You're doing amazing work and, you know, you're going to really make a difference throughout the years because now you're holding yourself accountable to keep doing this year after year after year after year. Right. Healthy, Um, healthy stress, healthy stress. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure I know you had, you said, I'm not sure what it's gonna, you know, what people are going to contribute this year, but again, it's only the second year and I think it's got a lot of room to grow and so much potential and you know, you know what you need to do to get it to what you want to be. And I think it's going to get there. And I, I'm really looking forward to see the the growth that it comes in the, in the coming years. And uh, I would, you know, love to get involved. I'm sure Jackie, you know, in some way too, maybe not, yeah, maybe not running. Uh, I don't know. Maybe your kids, the kids have enough energy. <laughs> do like po- the point three. I'll be <laughs> just That's it. Right Perfect. Uh, That's all you got to um, do. <laughs> I have to ask you real quick. How, how long did it take you in, in full? Oh, I don't even remember. Uh, I could look it up on Strava, but so in the video that's, that's on, uh, on the three 34.3 foundation Instagram, uh, I did lower thirds titles and it's embarrassing. I don't want to say no, I got there at like four forty, So I left at eight forty six, which goes back to the timing of the run, which I'll get to, but, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it took all day, but I'm not, oh, I'm man. not running because I, I pay my respects at, uh, numerous houses on the way. Excuse me. We stopped. Uh, Basil was with me. Ryan was with me. And it was actually pretty warm last year on 9-11 and sunny. So we stopped uh, at 7-Eleven and like across from like Kings Plaza on Flatbush. (laughs) And we got, I got, you know, I I got the guys water, Gatorades, and we just threw it in Ryan's bag. I changed my shoes. Ryan had a, I was wearing uh, Saucony Endorphin Pros, which are like racing shoes with a carbon plate. Right. And they just were not working out. And uh, thank, I was like, in the back of my head, I'm like, let me just bring these Kinvars, which are just like flat, slow, long run distance shoes. And I switched them. I was like, oh my God, it feels like a million bucks. Um, but then when we get into the city, so I used to work in Battalion 6, 14 engine. I spent uh, some time at Ladder 3 uh, for a while when I was, uh, I had like a year on and I spent about almost a year over there with those guys. So I, um, those guys lost two tours of, of, of members. 
Um, so I, I pay my respects there, 33 and nine. And uh, we go past 14 and then we stop at 24 and five on Sixth uh, Ave and Houston and then work our way to the West Side Highway. So each one of those stops is, is a couple minutes, just like pay the respects if any of the guys are there, take a photo, whatever, and, and keep it moving. But um, Ladder 3 just like has a special place in my heart. Those guys taught me how to be a truckie. Um, I was with those guys when the 9-11 Museum was uh, getting open and they had to bring the rig uh, into the museum and lower it on a crane. And we had to deliver the, it's like the, a sign, we call it a sign on the stick on the, on the aerial ladder. So, um, you know, I know all the, the stories they, they told me there about, you know, guys commandeering a cab and, you know, 9-11 happened at, at tour change, right? So we, we changed tours from eight to 9 a.m. Guys are coming, guys are going. And, I, you know, I don't want to say like the terrorists knew that, but geez, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the guys that were there for the day were in at eight in the morning, they had their stuff on the rig stuff. It happened and they went down. And then the guys that were going home were either showering, having reading the paper, having a bagel on their way out the door. And they said, we're going to, and they got in a cat. I think, I don't know if how true, how perfect this, this story sounds. They commandeered a cab and, and, and drove down there with their gear and they all perished with Captain Patty Brown and their last transmission going up the stairs was, this is three truck. We're still heading up. So, uh, oh, it you gives know, you chills. It yeah. Really does. So I, I make sure to stop there and I'm always thankful for those guys. And obviously engine 14, I was a probie there. Those guys groomed me to be a fireman. I, I stopped there and then I, I work around to 24 and five, which has a long history also. And, um, I have a few friends there. And, uh, and that's it. And then we work our way back downtown uh, on the West Side Highway and back up the battery. And and then we're there. Wow. That's, that's something awesome. else. By the way, um, you know, we talked about it before, people possibly joining you uh, or the the more people joining this year. You can go on the, uh, the 34.3 Foundation website. Again, it's 343foundation.com. And you click on that Get Involved at the top screen. And uh, it does have places along the route kind of checkpoints or, or cheer points so that you can either watch you go by or you can join in and uh it's uh pretty cool i'm <laughs> i'm tempted man i'm tempted <laughs> i don't know if it's a work i you know i didn't even check to see if it was a work day this year but i i mean i work in manhattan so i would love to come down it's a, it's a sunday sunday oh there you uh, go it should be good last year was a saturday that's right so last that's year right. was great we we had a lot of support in Long Beach, obviously. Long Beach uh, Volunteer Fire Department thanked those guys. They uh, they showed up. I didn't think anyone was going to show up. They showed up. They gave us an escort, <laughs> excuse me, on the street. And uh, sorry, they they followed us down. Uh, so we went on Ocean View, which obviously you don't need an escort. And then Beach Street, they brought the rigs out and they followed us all the way through Atlantic Beach and basically carried us to the uh, Atlantic Beach Bridge. And then Rockaway, obviously, same same environment, lots lots of support, lots of go get them. Uh, and then Flatbush was incredible. Uh, in Brooklyn, it was just so diverse, like running up Flatbush and all the different neighborhoods. And then it became like gridlock. It was a beautiful Saturday. All the vendors are out. Traffic is bumper to bumper. And all different cultures were out. Yeah, brother, FDNY, never forget, you know, and then you keep it moving and it's, it's, it's Latino music and everyone's honking their horn and it felt amazing. Um, and then we went over the Manhattan Bridge and I got into Manhattan and it was just tons of people out. It was a gorgeous day. 
And now it's just me. Basil had left at uh, Atlantic Terminal. So it's me and Ryan. He's taking photos. And now I'm struggling. You know, it's it's 30 miles at this point. And um, I, I, I ran to ladder three and I went up through Union Square, which was packed. And it was almost like I was just kind of like in people's way. They were busy. They had things going on. And I was like, okay, like, whatever. Like, I'm not trying to be like, hey, where are my cheers, man? Like, it was just different, a lot different. And then I came down Fifth Avenue, Washington Square Park, went through the arc. Washington Square Park was packed. And it just got weird. Like, I got, like, dirty looks. And <clears throat> people, it almost felt like I was in the way. Like, ah, watch that flag. Like, what are you doing? And it was just quiet. And the West Side Highway, like, no cheers. People kind of just looked at me like, what is he doing it's like what do you mean what am i doing i have fdny on my chest i have a thin yeah. red line flag on my shoulder you know what day it's it september is? 11th you know do you and, know what day the it world is? trade center was was right there right yeah. there i'm looking at the new freedom tower and i that's it says on the website in our story that it's kind of not embarrassing to say but i i stopped in the west side highway uh the running path has that railing right on the river and i just kind of took a blow and i stopped my watch because you always have to stop your garmin runners and uh and I just kind of like broke down, like not like bawling. And I just kind of like was second guessing myself. And it just was, it was a blow because here I am where I want to be. I've made it. I'm like a mile away and no one cares. And that's what really, really made me say next year, bigger and better, more firemen, more flags. Yeah. And, and we're going to come through Manhattan and represent uh, what that day was and what it means to all of us. So that was really my final That's question awesome. was on, on when you're getting to that point, you, you kind of said it, but second guessing, like, I don't know, man, can I like, can I push through? Can I do this? Was there really never a doubt in your mind that even when it, you know, got to that point, you were like, you know what, not even a doubt. I'm going to finish this. Obviously you'd love to have the people cheering you and getting you through yeah. that last leg, but I think it's uh, also I'm spoiled because I run the New York City Marathon and everybody's crazy. It's like a block party the whole way. But uh, no, it wasn't a doubt in me. I wasn't doubting myself as far as finishing. Not not in the slightest. I was I was there. I was a mile away. I'd come all that way. Right. What I was doubting was what I was doing. What I have a flag on my chest. I'm wearing my FDNY marathon right. jersey, like representing my job, the department, and the three four three and the eleven thousand firemen. Right. And, and, and here I am. And it's like the, the hype of Flatbush, Brooklyn and Rockaway and Long Beach and everything was wearing off. And here I am at the foot of ground zero where, right. where you'd think a lot of people would be who care. And these are the people that live there now and live in the high rises and battery city park or whatever. And it was just quiet and no one cared. <laughs> I was just another schmo running, I guess. And, uh, that's what made me doubt myself. Not that, not my ability in running, but my ability in what I was trying to do as far as can this be a three, four, 34.3 foundation? Is this worth it? Well, I and gather, absolutely. Some, I gather it. if some of those people knew where you were coming from and how far you'd come, they'd kind of, be, right. they'd, they'd go quickly to being like, Oh my gosh. And, you know, in awe. And listen, we're going to, we thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing this all. We're going to do our part to push this word out there more. So Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say that, unfortunately, we need to wrap this up. Yeah. Tell everybody how we can follow. Um, you, do you have Instagram, Facebook, you know, and all that? Because I know yeah. you talked about the website, but just briefly tell us social. 
Uh, yeah, the uh, the Instagram is 34.3 Foundation, at 34.3 Foundation. Facebook is 34.3 Foundation. And the website is 343foundation.com. Perfect. Aton, thank you so much. We're going to be cheering you, you on. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I really, really appreciate it and give me the time and the platform. Of course, Absolutely. and we're gonna have all the we're gonna put all as much uh, literature in the in the bios uh, for when you click on the links here, so you don't have to remember this all by memory. But we'll have that up there, and you can always reach out to us at the freaking weekend podcast at gmail.com for any information that you may have missed. Aton, thank you so much. Best of luck to you this year, my friend. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. We'll see you Thank next you week on the freaking weekend. Take care. Mm-hmm.